Hey, what is up? Hello, and welcome in to another edition of Downey and Martez, a Bucks Nation podcast right here on SB Nation. It is our second show for the month of June, mandatory minicamps. Roll along as we are recording this. Tom Brady spoke to the media earlier today for the first time since returning to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So we will get into that and some of the other storylines coming out of Bucks minicamp on today's show. As I said, we are Downey and Martez. I am the Downey half of this dynamic duo. I am Trey Downey. You can follow me on Twitter at TD Experience. All of those storylines I talked about coming out of Bucks minicamp, you can find those on BucksNation.com. Check out BucksNation.com on a daily basis for the latest and greatest on your Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And follow them on Twitter as well at Bucks underscore nation. And wherever you're listening to this here podcast, click that plus sign, that thumbs up, that subscribe button. Leave us a review. Let us know what you like about the podcast and what you might want to see more of. And him, he is my co-host. He is the one, the only, Len Martez. Follow him on Twitter, at Elmar810. Len, what's up, man? I almost don't know if I want to start this podcast here but I'm going to go here. The one man on the Buccaneers team with the same namesake <laughs> showed up the camp a little bit on the hefty side. That's exactly <laughs> what I, I was going to, that that's, that's topic two on, on, on the, on the buck on Downey and Martez today. I mean, it's I'm not, all, I'm it's not for, playoff Lenny. It's not Lombardi Lenny. It's hefty Lenny. I'm all for, you know, adding some extra weight when I go out for a run in beautiful St. Pete. But guess what? That weight vest comes off. <laughs> That's what it is. Hey, look, don't worry. Bucks Nation, do not worry. Playoff Lenny was wearing a weight vest. <laughs> That's what I'm going with. <laughs> we'll get into that in just a little bit. But let's get into... Uh, maybe some other inconvenient truths that Bucks fans and the NFL world are probably going to have to acknowledge now today after Tom Brady spoke to the Not media. an issue. I, I know where you're going. We're going to talk go. about this. Not an issue. Throughout the entire offseason, uh, pro football talk caught a lot of flack because of the report that was put out there that Tom Brady was exploring getting an ownership stake in the Miami Dolphins and joining the Miami Dolphins as their quarterback, asking the Buccaneers for a trade to the Miami Dolphins. Tom was asked this question, point blank, did you explore joining the Miami Dolphins in any capacity today by Ira Kaufman, as Len likes to mention, one of the uh, Mount Rushmore of Buccaneers media. And Tom Brady did absolutely nothing to squash those rumors. Now, yes, Tom Brady is back with the Buccaneers now, but that's an interesting thing to look back on that, to me, that is a, that's a real story. Okay. And it's June 2022, and that story means what now? Nada. Nothing. It means nothing. Okay. One guy was right. You know what? He may have been wrong, or the media may have been wrong about some of the other stuff they came out with. 
Bruce and Tom not getting along. Tom retired because Bruce is still a head coach. Bruce is gone. Now Tom is back because they don't get along. No truth to that. Oh, man. Come on, man. I mean, enough already. Uncle. You know, when we were, when I was kids, maybe not when you were a kid, because, you know, you were like, what are you, what are you, you you generation, which generation are you? I think I'm technically a millennial. Okay. I'm 31. I was born in nine. So you're little millennials. And I'm on the verge. Uh, Whatever. Uh, Whatever. You're little millennials. And you know what? If you're a millennial listening to this podcast, God bless you. But anyway. My, my, my co-host, a little millennial, so he may not play the uncle game. Millennials are in their 30s now. Okay. Come so on. Anyway, you probably didn't play the uncle game. The uncle game. You know what the uncle game is? I take, your, I take your arm and I turn it a little bit and it hurts a little bit and you say, uncle. Cry well, uncle. Yeah. Well, you know what? <laughs> I'm crying uncle on all this stuff about Tom and Bruce not getting along. Uncle, enough already. And as far as him potentially joining the Miami Dolphins as an executive, then forcing his way, as far as a trade's concerned, onto the Miami Dolphins so he can be their quarterback. It's an awesome story. It's fantastic. But you know what it makes? It makes a movie. That's it. It doesn't mean anything right now. So for anybody who wants to make a big deal about it, I know it's a story Tom talked for the first time to the media since he came back. da 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 my man is playing quarterback for the Buccaneers. All right. He ain't playing in the 305. He's not playing in Hard Rock Stadium. And you know what? They need him because they get about 50 to 55,000 people in that stadium. <laughs> and, don't, and don't bash me for saying this because this is the truth. Yours truly covered that team for 10 years. Okay. I covered it at the end of Marino, and I covered it the years after that. Whoa! <laughs> In them tough times in <laughs> 305. And they are still recovering from, recovering from them now. Higher coach, fire coach. Higher coach, fire coach. Higher coach, fire coach. You know how many quarterbacks they've had since Tom Brady's been in the league? I counted this before Tom left New England. The Miami Dolphins have had 50-plus quarterbacks, starting quarterbacks, whether it be for one game or 20 games. They've had 50 quarterbacks from 2000, the Yachts, beginning decade, Tom started playing for New England, till he left New England. Okay? So the Miami Dolphins were desperate, and Stephen Ross, desperate to make a splash. And you know what? To Michigan guys... They probably did talk about it. But you know what it is now? A non-story. You want to know why? Because he's playing quarterback at Ray J for another season. And whether he decides to play another year or not after this one, he's already got a plan for the future. And you know what it is? <laughs> Sitting alongside my man Kevin Burkhart. I salute Kevin Burkhart. Say what you want about guys who have taken the – I guess the the huge plane to making their career, (laughs) Kevin Burkhardt's done that. But that's besides the point. Because at some point or some time, Tom has his post-career, and he's going to sit alongside Kevin Burkhardt and call football games. That's it. Non-story. He's the quarterback of the Buccaneers. Does Tom Brady suit up for another NFL team before his playing days are over? No, I don't think so. 
But I was wrong about him coming back, too. So, I mean, I'm, I'm just guessing. Just a guess. Do you think that the NFL would even approve a player-owner oh, deal? That dude? That dude? Because here's, here's the intriguing thing, and you put it the right way. Player-owner. Player-owner. If Tom wanted it, he would have gotten it. And guess what? It's going to happen in another sport very soon. Yeah. One LBJ. Thank you very much. Because those guys carry the same weight. And if Tom wanted to do it or still wants to do it, he'll be able to do it. And sometime in the near future, yes, LeBron James is going to be a is going to be an owner of an NBA team. It's all a matter of whether whether or not he wants to continue to play while he owns that basketball team. Michael Jordan jokingly, jokingly said he was going to suit up for the Bobcats slash Hornets yeah. when he owned them. And it's not a joke with LeBron. He's going to play an NBA game probably as an owner. <laughs> it's just Mark that, my words. It's going to be that, that story. It's, it's completely different sport, but it's going to be such a fascinating thing to follow when his son enters the draft because I don't care what, I don't care what kind of NBA prospect he is. LeBron has made it known that he wants to play with his son. Yeah. If LeBron is still playing at a decently high level, you're going to take that kid high in the draft, even if he's not worth it just because he wants to play. Yeah, him. and like you said, it's a different sport. But, yeah. I mean, it, it's, it's years down the road. But as far as 12 is concerned, if he wanted to, yeah. <laughs> He'd be the quarterback and, the ex- and an executive of the Miami Dolphins. Mind you, the greatest quarterback of that franchise have ever had, Dan Marino, retired and wanted to become an executive and wanted to do the whole John Elway thing. Dan wasn't willing to put him. He realized there was a lot that had to be done to be that guy. That's the thing that Tom Brady probably would embrace as much as he is the way he is with everything that he does, the TB12 lifestyle, getting prepared in April and May to play games in January and potentially February, the way that guy goes about his business, oh, Tom, Tom would excel. He'd still excel. As much as the responsibilities it would be to be an executive and a player, that guy would pull it off. And, and mind you, that's coming from me, who before he got here was not the biggest Brady fan because he was playing on the New England Patriots, who are basically the New York Yankees of football. The only sport that we see anything remotely close to that is the sport that I work in, NASCAR, where you have driver owners, and it just happened recently, a former champion, Brad Keselowski left a former team and went to a different team because they offered him an ownership stake in the team. Different different style of of contracts and sports and how that are written how that's written. But Lynn, do you think in our lifetimes, do you think we see a scenario where there's a big free agent? We don't see big free agents as much in the NFL as we do the NBA, but I'll put it in the I'll put it in the NFL. Do you think that we see a scenario where there is a big quarterback free agent? And as part of the deal, he's offered a stake in the team. 
as far as I mean, you you got to think in terms of like like who. I mean, that guy. Like, I'm not even saying that there's one that there's one right. Like, if Pat Mahomes ever hit free agency, like, I don't know. At some point, I mean, the way the way the sports world is, and we're probably going down a a, a, you know a, a different path when we talk about this. But you mentioned NASCAR. I mean, the way sports are with the money that's being spent from from broadcasting rights. And I mean, you just look at look at the the PGA Tour and the the, the live golf going yeah. at it, spending the money they're spending. You don't know in regards to what it's going to take to get an athlete to say yes anymore. There's a lot of money involved, and because of that, and money means yeah ownership. So at some point in my lifetime, could I see a a potential quarterback who? Oh, whatever it is, any sport, to decide that you know what? Hold on, <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't want you to pay me. I'm gonna go to fifty cents route. All right, vitamin water. You know what? I, I'll take a little cheese from you, but more so than the cheese, I'll take some stock in your company, so that when you sell it to Coca Cola <laughs> and get your, you know, two hundred, three hundred million. I'll get 50, 60 million just because I said I would be a spokesperson for vitamin water. Guys have done it in guys have done it in business before already. So when it comes to I'm, I'm sure if you look at some of the I mean, endorsement Kobe Bryant deals, was a founder yeah, in body armor. Yeah, you look at the endorsement deals that are being done. That's that's what guys that's what guys do now. They're smart enough to say, you know what? Yeah. Cheese is good, your money's good, but I want stake. I want ownership. And it's there is there is nothing that tells me that five, 10, 15 years from now, a player says, Yeah, that contract's cool, that guaranteed money's cool, but you know what? I want stake. That's how it's gonna be at some point. All right, now let's move on to the topic you mentioned at the at the start of the show and one of the other Big storyline. It's coming. a weighted vest, man. Lenny's in shape. <laughs> Hefty Lenny shows up <laughs> to mandatory minicamp. The the great reporters out there sent sent some pictures, and uh, that white practice jersey might have been the same one from last year, and looked a little looked a little snug there on uh, on Leonard Fournette. It was wearing a smedium, man. That's all it was. It was just a smedium. Shout out to. Uh, are now married friend who loves to story. You know what, man? That's, that's, that's not necessary, man. You're taking a shot at my man. <laughs> and then you don't even name him. <laughs> Congratulations to the Blobners. Oh um, but uh, Leonard Fournette, the getting the big money deal from the Buccaneers, uh, it was joked about by him at, at camp this week that he was – uh, he was visiting the Patriots, and Tom Brady called him and said, "What the hell no. are you doing up there?" Yeah, get down, <laughs> get back down here. Uh, does the weight that Fournette is carrying into camp is that a is that a worry at all for you? No, no. He, I mean, we got six weeks before actual training camp starts. He's a veteran. He knows what he has to do to get into shape. Not only that, here's the thing that that, that says I'm not worried. The commitment that this team has, that this offense has, 
Don't talk to talk. If you ain't gonna walk the walk, okay? Fournette spoke to the media, and when he spoke to the media, he talked about how him and Tom Brady, or as he called him, T, talked in regards to that Rams game and losing that Rams game and not wanting to go out like that. Well, guess what, Lenny? <laughs> and I'm not talking third person. Um, you made a commitment to that dude who said, we got unfinished business. So you got six weeks, man. Get your stuff in, get your stuff right. Push away from the table. Grab a Caesar salad. No more pizza. Slide, slide away from that beer, bro. It's time to get into shape. It's time to, you know, do what you do what you do to, that you've done in the past to make sure that you come into training camp in shape. And when I say in shape, I'm not talking about fishbowl shape. I'm talking about football shape. And it's definitely an important thing with a guy who's had some injury concerns in the past. And when you're carrying that extra weight, tend to be a little bit more injury prone. But I'm with you. Six weeks to fully get into shape. There are no, there have been no signs since he's been here in Tampa Bay that that should be something that Bucks fans should be worried about. But I do want to see those pictures once we get to the first day of training camp to see what uh, what Lenny is is looking like and what kind of shape that he's in uh, because I mean yes the Bucks were were able to bring back Giovanni Bernard but this running back room it's in a different spot than we were going into camp last season I was vouching for Ronald Jones being that lead guy Ronald Jones is not here Fournette stepped up Fournette is clearly that lead guy so you've got to come into camp like you are that guy so it's it's going to it's not a story right now, but once we see what he looks like on the first day of training camp, then maybe it's a little bit more of a story. Here's the thing. Two things. One is what we see, guess who else sees it? <laughs> the man who wants that offense, who was in that behind telling him, hey, like I said before, in regards to push away from the table. Not only that, but the new head coach sees it too. When he mentioned players getting into shape before yes. training camp. Oh, yes. So that's that's the thing. Like, you know, everyone that says, oh, oh he, you know, he looks out of shape. Yeah, guess, guess who knows he looks out of shape? Not just you, not just me, the team. And everyone inside that Advent Health Training Center that's a part of that football team that knows it, especially number 12, who prides himself on being ready in May to play football. Yeah, right? he's gonna get Lenny on the TV twelve method for the uh, do for whatever, the do whatever's years. necessary. Okay. He might I'll tell you what, Fournette might want to call Ali Marpet, because I don't know if you saw, but yeah, Ali, Ali Marpet lost about 45, 50 pounds and looks like a different person with his head on top of it. Okay. Still that big, that big buffalo head. Uh, I mean, <laughs> I ain't going Which anywhere. I can speak from experience. <laughs> That's not going anywhere. The neck might be a little bit sh smaller. The shoulders might be a little bit smaller. But the head, you know, you might lose a little. Here's the thing. <laughs> Here's the thing about guys who lose weight, okay? You might lose a little face in your, you might lose a, a little bit in your face, a little cheek area. 
But guess when that's getting smaller? You start going the up to your head. Yeah, that's not getting smaller, man. That skull is going to be the same size. Take it from somebody who's got a bald head. It doesn't matter. You can lose as much weight as you want. That skull, as you stated, the circumference is not changing. So again, Fournette, get your behind in the shape. Here's the other thing that I was going to mention. That's the fact that you, you talked about Ronald Jones, who's not here. So basically, the number two spot is open. Mm-hmm. And for as good as Gio Bernard is as a third down back, let's be honest, he's not a two anymore. He's not. He's not a guy that's going to, you know, Fournette gets 14, 17, 20 carries, and the number two guy gets 10 carries in the game, right? Let's say the Bucks want to win the football game, running the football. Defense is giving them the run. They're taking the run. Well, if they run it 30 times and Lenny gets 15, 17, even 20 carries, Gio's not going to get 10. So guess what? There is a hole for a number two running back. And the guy that I think that's going to win that job is Keyshawn Vaughn. Because remember what happened. Remember what happened near the end of the season. In that city that you live in now, Bank of America Stadium in Charlotte, there were a couple of games that Keyshawn played well. And he's proven that he can handle that load as a number two. Not only that, Todd Bowles brought him up in regards to how he's improved his patch catching ability. We're also going to have to see, you know, the run, the young rookie Rashad White out of uh, Arizona State as well, which on our draft episode, you weren't, you weren't super high on. I still, Keyshawn had some good moments, but that's, that's a guy to me, even in those good games, that's a guy that to me didn't look like he's ready to be a number two back in the the NFL. Well, then who is it going to be? It's not going to be the rookie. Why not? Because he don't want to be two in the tackles. That's why. And Keyshawn Vaughn does. That's my beef with the rookie. He didn't run between the tackles in college. You think he's going to run between the tackles in the pros? <laughs> Bucks drafted him where they drafted him for a reason. And there have been plenty of you want You want to go there? There have been plenty of mistakes made, okay? Not just by Jason Light, but draft in general. Plenty of mistakes made. If they And they may have not drafted him smart guy to be a guy that's going to be the number two they may have drafted him just to be a pass catching back which he's good at he's very good at did it at asu and arizona state i'm okay with that but don't tell me he's gonna run through the tackles run between tackles in the pros when he didn't do it at college uh-uh. they ain't having all right one last topic i want to get into that came out of the player speaking to the media at minicamp. And I'm going to go to a guy I love to give flowers to all the time, and that is one Mike Evans. He was given flowers this week from Carlton Davis about how good of shape Mike Evans is in. And Carlton Davis talking about being tired and his legs being sluggish and Mike Evans just blowing by him. But that's not where I want to go. I want to go on to something that Mike Evans said about another team in the Bucks division and pointing out that the Bucks hate the Saints. And Mike Evans made a point to mention that when talking about their division rival during media availabilities this week. And Lynn, I want to ask you, from your perspective, are the New Orleans Saints the Tampa Bay Buccaneers' biggest rival? Ooh. 
Yes, I, I, I would I would say they are. Um, based off of their level of performance and looking within their division right now, I mean, you, you look at other teams in the division and there, there isn't anyone else that that's, I mean, I've mentioned it before, the, the Bucks should at the very least end up five and one in division play this year. They should sweep the Falcons. They should sweep the Panthers. I don't, don't, don't tell me who's the divisional game. That's fine. But, and, and five of those six games, they're going to be favored. You know what that means? You should win those football games. They'll probably be even be favored at New Orleans. Too. Um, uh, listen, uh, da, 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 uh, I'm just giving, giving a little leeway, man. Yeah. Giving Vegas a little leeway. Five out of six at the minimum. And again, so five out of six, they should win. Because of that, I mean, you want to tell me, not you, someone wants to tell me. You, Pete. <laughs> someone wants to tell me it's the Packers or the Rams? No, because they may play them once a year, but they're not guaranteed to play them anything past that one time. So, I mean, it, it's the Saints, and, and it's the biggest rival, and, and it's the biggest rival because you have the greatest quarterback of all time. And that doesn't guarantee you a win when you play that team. Is Are the Saints just currently their biggest rival? Or is it is it a cyclical situation with the Buccaneers where it's whoever is the second best team in the division? who Who is their biggest challenger for the division title? Because in my lifetime, I remember back in the NFC Central days, when you had, you know, the Packers and the Battle of the Bay, and that was largely considered the Buccaneers' biggest rival. Now, the Bears are always going to be considered the Packers' biggest rival. I don't, if you ask Saints fans, I don't know if they would instantly say that the biggest rival is the Bucks or the biggest rival is the Falcons. I think it could go either way. Like right now, I do agree with you, and especially the stuff that's happened in the past decade or so, even before Tom Brady got here, and the the Mike Evans, James Winston, Lattimore stuff. So I agree with you in, in that sense, but I do think it also goes cyclical, because for a while there, when Cam Newton and the Panthers were riding high, you could say Bucks fans were really looking forward into, into those games, or the Falcons. I think that the rivalry is probably thicker between the Bucks and the Saints and the Bucks and the Falcons. And I think the Panthers is kind of a more cyclical thing, but I think there's more heat to Bucks and Saints right now. But I think there's an argument to be made that when the Falcons are good, it's, it's pretty heated there too. It, it can be, but here's the thing. When you mentioned those other rivalries, when it came to the Panthers and when it came to the Falcons, and I'm just talking about recent history, even before Tom, all right, we can go back to whether it be Josh Freeman or even Jameis Winston as a quarterback. All right. These teams here weren't winning 10 games a season, 11 games a season. So we can talk about rivalry all you want. But for there to be a rivalry, there has to be competition. <laughs> At the same level of competition. I'm being serious. Because there was a there was a point here where it was five and eleven. Five and 11, five and 11, seven and nine, seven and nine. 
All right. There's a reason why it was a big deal when this team finally won 10 games and you set off poppers. Because, if, again, if you want to talk rivalry, I mean, when you're in the bottom of the division, who the hell cares? And the Bucks, for a time, before Tom got here, were finishing last in the division. So when it came to Atlanta and Carolina, they weren't looking at the Bucs as their competition or their biggest rival. It's like, who the hell cares? So again, you mentioned the Saints and, and you mentioned some of the things that happened when they played each other, even when the Bucks were suffering through those losing seasons. It's a rivalry. You want to know why? Because of the intensity of what the players gave you too. Whether it was Mike Evans, whether it was Jameis Winston, where it was Marcus Latimer, where it was Cam Jordan, talking trash about Donovan Smith. Okay, the players gave you that. Even with what was happening on the football field from, you know, a losing standpoint, the players gave you that intensity for the rivalry. So that's why, in my opinion, it's the Saints. And before we get out of here, I just want to touch on some positive news for some former Buccaneers and people with ties to the Tampa Bay area. I joked that Lynn Martez might be the strength and conditioning coach on Anthony Beck's uh, XFL team. But earlier this week, they announced the coordinators for each head coach's team. And they haven't announced the cities that they're going in. But if you look at Anthony Beck's coordinators, man, Bruce Gredkowski, former Buccaneers quarterback, is the offensive coordinator. And Donnie Abraham, former Buccaneers defensive back, is the defensive coordinator. So... All three guys kind of have ties to one area. So I would be very surprised if Anthony Beck isn't the coach of, I don't know if it's going to be the Vipers still or whatever, but I'd put some pretty good money on the XFL returning to Tampa and uh, not of the cap, tip of the cap to, to those guys. And that'll be, a, that'll be a fun coaching staff to follow when the XFL returns in 2023. Tampa Bay Vipers! Tampa Bay Vipers. Tampa Bay Vipers. Strength and conditioning program. That's that's my that's my my shout out to the Beatles, Paperback Writers. You wanna know that song? See, I'm just like a music connoisseur hitting you with stuff from the sixties and seventies. Shows your age. That's gonna do it. Whatever. (laughs) Shows my knowledge. Wisdom. Wisdom. <laughs> Knowledge. Now, wisdom, wisdom is what they tell old people to make them feel good. Nah. Knowledge. <laughs> We've already got our Zoom countdown on. Uh, <laughs> we'll be back with you next week. <laughs> we'll be back with you next week to talk more storylines coming out of Bucks practices. We're going to be with you all off season long as we get closer and closer to training camp in the month of july until then follow bucks nation on twitter at bucks underscore nation check out BucksNation.com on a daily basis for all the stories surrounding your buccaneers follow me on twitter at td experience follow lynn on twitter at lmart810 until next week this has been downy and martez a bucks nation podcast <laughs>